Francisco, down on Potrero. Oh, yeah, everybody. It's six o'clock. It's time for the joke workshop here on mutinyradio.sf in dot fm oops i meant that the other way mutiny radio dot fm and dot sf we're here i'm your host pam benjamin it's the joke workshop everybody does four minute sets when they hear the horn that means they have a minute because that's what a minute feels like and to new comedians they might not know what that feels like but then they get to learn because they listen to it later and they're like oh shit i ran the light and uh that's a no-no when you get out in other places. But so I do an audio light because, you know, why not learn? Hey, this is a joke workshop. The way that we do it now, because we're all safety and COVID compliant and the whatnots, everyone please wear your masks inside. Obviously, I have like windows and doors open, so there's like air flowing so that nobody gets the Rona. Only 156 people have died in San Francisco, BT dubs. So good job, everybody wearing masks. Hey, my new joke for the day, dummy. If you're not going to wear your mask, at least smile at me when I walk by on the street. Like, for feminism, okay? Fucking smile at me, bro. All right. Uh, Now you know what it feels like. You dropped your smile. You look so much more pretty when you smile. So do you, bro, when you wearing your mask smile at me uh if you we're gonna the way we do it because of covid is there's a microphone in here and to give comments please come back into the studio with your mask on and talk into the microphone back here just for safety and the whatnot but also i'm gonna take notes please take notes of your fellow comedians this whole thing is to be super supportive tell them what you like the things you loved tell them extra tags things you thought of we're all here to support each other and growing in comedy. Yay! So thanks for being here. And let's get it started. I don't know who signed up on the list for it. It's over there. Is it Pete or is it is it Brady? Who is it? It's Pete. Okay, so your first comedian of the night. What a joy and wonderment he is. He's been here. Oh, is which Peter is it? Is it Balmer or Struckmeyer? Oh, both of them are joys and wonderments. Both of them are beautiful, lovely, wonderful people. You can actually see Peter, uh, our next comedian, Peter, at one of my upcoming shows. I can't remember which because Mutiny Radio has five shows now weekly. So I'm like, I don't know. It's one of them. But he's super funny and super amazing. I'm so glad that he's joined us here from far away. Put your hands together right now for Peter Struckmeyer. Uh, so my friend recently got a vagina. See, I love that opening line because y'all don't necessarily know which way I'm going to go with it, right? Like, I could be like, yeah, my straight friend got laid and be like, yeah, score, bro. Or I could be like, let's celebrate the achievements of the trans community. (laughs) No, it's the latter one because I don't have straight men who like me. Oh, it's okay. I don't have gay men who like me either, so that's the bigger problem. Um, yeah, my friend just got her vagina installed. Is that the right verb we're supposed to use in 2020? Like, I feel like we're dwelling so much on the pronouns with the trans community that we're really not paying due attention to the verbs. Um, but yeah, she uh, transitioned, which was... M- my cue that like maybe I need to do a better job of staying in touch with people. 
Like, when you are surprised to find out that your friend is now a different gender, that is usually a good wake-up call that, like, maybe you don't have your finger on the pulse with everything that's going on right now. Although I thought about it, and I was like, in retrospect, that really long conversation we had about say yes to the dress makes a lot more sense. Oh, yeah. Um, so she just transitioned, and uh, in true gay male fashion, I took that conversation and made it all about me. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, that's nice. Anyway, back to my thing. And I was like, you know, the second you introduce a vagina into the equation, I kind of lose interest, okay? But yeah, uh, she just had the operation, and so now she is wearing an adult diaper and shitting constantly. Because some things don't change, am I right? No, like, but also at the same time, I feel like just having constant diarrhea is, like, not specific to gender reassignment surgery, okay? Like, it is also something that happens, like, just because it's COVID and, like, why not shit your pants, you know? Like, I sharded myself one day because I just, like, forgot. Like, isn't everything a toilet in 2020? I feel like that's a fair assessment. Now, look, I'm happy for anyone who finds their sexual or gender identity, except I had this ex-coworker who um, identified as a dragon. Yeah, it's one thing to be like, I identify as a dragon. It is another thing to make a website about it and host it on Squarespace. <laughs> and on this website, there were like photos of the dragon at a wedding as the dragon of honor, okay? <laughs> and just to give you context on who was getting married, it was the dragon's wife marrying the dragon's new husband. Like, and, okay, you're probably wondering, what does someone who identifies as a dragon look like? I'm here to tell you that the answer to that question is not like a dragon. Like, this is just some fat, white, middle-aged, bald guy who, like, works in IT, okay? Like, you can't claim that you identify as a dragon if you are wearing a Joseph Bank polo shirt in your badge photo. Oh. Um, another friend of mine recently recommended I attend the Montana Testicle Festival. Yeah. He was like, I feel like that would be your thing, you know? And I was like, yeah, I'm a gay man who lives in San Francisco. Every day of my life is the testicle festival. Like, I don't need to go to Trump land to get what I can do, get just frolicking down the rainbow sidewalks of the Castro, okay? And that's where I'm going to leave you all tonight. Thank you. Frolicking down the rainbow streets of the Castro. It's Peter Struckmeyer. Clap wildly again for him. Yay. Dressed as a dragon. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, I loved everything you did. Testicle Festival. Oh, my God. There's five minutes there, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Dear Lord. Uh, finger on the pulse. I feel like there's a clip joke there with your trans friend. Ooh. I don't know if trans people get a clit. 
when they go girl, but with your finger on the pulse, I feel like there might be a clit joke in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you said, oh, it was so good about uh, diarrhea. Um, another, a lot of times you have diarrhea when you are an alcoholic. So that's not, like, you know, I haven't had a, I haven't had a solid shit in three weeks. I drink a lot of whiskey. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, but the, that's a, that's a way to go maybe on that with the diarrhea. Maybe she's not really trans. She's just an alcoholic. Um, everything's a toilet. Have you been to Aunt Charlie's in the TL? <laughs> just because you were talking about yeah. trans people and Aunt Charlie's is amazing and it's deep in the TL and there's poop on the streets that might all, all that might tie in with the diarrhea. But uh, I was just trying to think of things that could help you. You're a yeah. genius and I love you. Uh, mm-hmm. We have comments back here. Yeah, uh, I don't remember what you said. You, you said, uh, oh, sorry. You said um, like she um, did she had to wear a diaper because of that, and then you said I don't know. I, I just thought it'd be funny if just like, but she was doing that like well before the transition, so don't worry about her or something like. Did you say that? It, said, it was um, she she's wearing a diaper and she's shitting constantly because some things don't change. Okay. So I sort okay. of like paused in between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And maybe you could like milk that more. I think that'd be like a really good punchline to be like, yeah, she she was like doing this anyway. Don't even like worry about it. And yeah. then I think the whole dragon part was really really funny. I think you could totally like milk that. You're just like. The dragon wedding was the dra- like the dragon of honor. Like I just think that whole thing like, yeah. you could totally like dissect that. But overall, like really good job. And winter is coming, so yeah. you could definitely oh. winter is coming. Put, w- winter is coming, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, you've got a dragon. You've got dragons. Everyone still loves Game of Thrones. Just because it's over doesn't mean you can't make yeah. jokes about it. Brady, you too can be Daenerys Targaryen. Ooh. Um, I just want to say you're really, just really great. Thanks. I've enjoyed your performance every time. So that's it. Really. Yay, compliments are good too at Joke Workshop. Hooray! Thank you. I thought somebody was about to tow my car off my It's after <laughs> 6 o'clock. There's really no towing after 6 o'clock, I think, in San Francisco. Also, just as a pro tip, um, yellow spaces after 6 o'clock also totally valid and legal. Thank you so much, everybody. Clap wildly for Peter Struckmeyer. I was a better host. I would know which one of the Mutiny Radio Presents shows he's on this week. <laughs> Is it Saturday at Jitters and Jitters or is it Sunday at Resolute? Resolute? Sunday at Resolute. Yeah, Resolute Wine Bar on 678 Geary. Uh, there's a new comedy show there presented by Mutiny Radio. It's a rad wine bar. I buy wine from them all the time because I can actually see them from my window of my apartment and I like look down and... Uh, and the owner was like, yeah, let's do comedy. He wanted to do it last Sunday. And I was like, two days is too quickly to put it together. I need like a week, bro. So everybody get your tickets for Resolute Wine Bar and see Peter Struckmeyer because he's so super funny and we love him. Yay. Your next comedian, he runs an amazing show on Thursday nights at 7.30 at the Moscone Ballpark. And it's called Batter Up Comedy. And he has an amazing lineup every week. And the people socially distance in the bleachers. And there are these huge bleachers. And it's amazing because it's in the marina. And there's nobody around there. And the way that the sound bounces, like, no one's ever going to complain. And it's super perfect and super awesome. Go to that show. But right now, put your hands together, everybody, for Pete Ballmer. Jesus fuck. Back Truly up punishment shame. for Back not up yeah. shame. Bring your own mic. Bring your own condom. Alright, this is pretty good. Alright, there we go. Cool. 
I'm uh, I uh, I like to think of myself as like a pretty smart guy, but uh, I find that I make a lot of unforced errors constantly. Like when I was in high school, uh, one time we got like a new set of knives at my house, and I wanted to show my friend how dope the knives were. So I took out the nine-inch carving knife, and I took a banana, and I was like, "Yo, Jack, look at how fast I can cut this banana." Uh, I guess I can't do the act out with the mic in my hand. That's a good thing to remember. So. Uh, but yeah, then I went like, and I just cut straight through my finger, and tip the finger was off, like dangling, had to be taken to the hospital. Uh, he drove me there, and uh, it was a bummer, because like, while we were in the car on the way to the hospital, I was thinking, I was like, damn, you know what else cuts instantly through a banana? A spoon. <laughs> Even like a chopstick, pretty instantaneous, so. I guess what I'm trying to say is uh, this is why baby teeth are dope. Uh, I'm a fucking clumsy guy. I could use a lot more practice appendages, you know? Like, sure, it'd be bummer to have, like, a finger fairy come into your room at night, but maybe I could put my dick in a vacuum. I don't know. There's <laughs> endless possibilities. Uh, I grew up a rich kid, and uh, it was funny because my parents didn't grow up with money, so they really didn't like it when we sort of seemed like rich kids. So one time when I was little, I had a play date over, and my friend was over, and uh, we had like a, like a housekeeper, like a maid at the time, and uh, I was like, I was talking to my friend, I was like, hey, that's Kathleen, she's the maid. And my mom hated how that sounded, so she was like, next time when you have a friend over, just say, hey, this is Kathleen, she's my friend. And that's like a way weirder label for that. So like, whenever I had my friends over in the future, I'd be like, hey, this is Kathleen, she's my friend. And my friend's like, damn, are we gonna have to play Nintendo with this old woman right now? <laughs> More importantly, am I gonna have to fold your underwear later too? Is that what's happening? So, I, uh, I, think, I think it was funny though, because I got a couple friends who had nannies, I never had like a nanny, but um, I do think it's funny in general because like it takes a lot of money to even like have and raise a kid, but then if you have like a ton, a ton of money, then you can afford to never have to spend time with your kids. I think that's the American dream, right? And it's funny because like all these families that have like maids and nannies and shit, they like all everyone's embarrassed about it, everyone's ashamed, and so they're always like, "This is so and so," and they're like basically part of the family. It's like, oh really? If, by that you mean just like you only, you dread talking to them unless you have something that you need? Yeah, it makes sense to me. Uh, <coughs> I think uh, people, are, people are real mad at each other all the time. I think people think it's the internet's fault. I don't think it's the internet's fault. I think it's the car horn's fault, right? Because like we've had the same car horn. When you drive, that's like the most that you interact with other people. There's so many other people you're interacting with. And the only thing you can do to express yourself is be like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like if you gotta, even if you just want to say what up, someone's got a cool car, all you can do is just be like, <laughs> they could have made it a different sound. They didn't have to do that. We've invented the saxophone. You could have made it sound cool. <laughs> I think it's time that we have another horn, you know? Maybe two more horns, because I think there's three situations. There's one where it's like real big danger, in which case, <laughs> is okay. But Otherwise, there's like, somebody cuts you off, you don't need a you can just have a horn that's like a guy being like, excuse me. <laughs> Another horn, you want to be in support of something, that could be like, woo! <laughs> Tight, okay. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Don't know the whole story. Pete Ballmer, everyone. Hooray. Yay. Oops, there was a little feedback there. That was weird. Um, 
I love that you open with unforced errors because that totally makes sense for your show at the ballpark. Mm-hmm. And oh, that's yeah. fucking great. Um, why didn't I choose a dot, dot, dot? I feel like there's something else other than a banana. I feel like you can, after your punchline, there's a place to be like, why didn't I choose a specific weird anything? Uh, yeah, like yeah. Uh, like with Ginsu knives, they did a tin can. Yeah, something that's hard to cut. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Like... Just some examples that could you could get some more laughs out of that. For sure. Um, finger fairy uh, dick in a vacuum is like one of the best turns of phrases I never thought. Those are words I never thought I'd hear together, oh, yeah. but I'm so happy that I did. Thank you. Uh, finger fairy dick in a vacuum. Like I feel like that should be in a poem or something. Oh, yeah. Like or it even really, a joke, perhaps. It resonated with me. Yeah. It resonated with me really deeply, and I don't know why. Perfect. Thank you. Um <laughs> On the, you said Nintendo game. I feel like there's an opportunity to have a concrete, specific detail there of what Nintendo game. Yeah, that's a good point. So, um, and just for the people, concrete, specific details are a thing that people use in fiction or poetry to, like, make people attuned to it just because it's so specific. And I feel like whatever game you put, like, when I was a kid, we played hockey, the first Nintendo, and Pitfall. And that was even before, like, that was Atari. Yeah. But if you bring up something specific, you'll attune to your audience, and they'll be like, oh, man, I fucking get that. For sure, for sure. Um, And then the last thing I have was with, it was about the family. I pay them to hang out with my kids. I don't know why I wrote that down. Something. That is what It was about nannies, but then, like, oh, you're my family, and I pay you to hang out with my kids. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It was, I've been a nanny, too, so I was, like, definitely hooked into all of that, and I was like, oh, I want to hear him go farther on that, because... I was on the other side of the equation. I was like the non-Hispanic lady that hung out <laughs> with you that actually understood when people were being passive-aggressive. So that was interesting. Yeah, but you couldn't um, teach the kids Spanish, so that's too bad. I yeah. can't. Sp- I speak barely any Spanish. Uh, but I love everything you do. Great. Uh, other comments from people? You give him co- compliments, too, or anything? Ask to tell him who you are so maybe he'll book you on a show someday. <laughs> it's a really good show. <laughs> they were like, there's all these people out there. Hey, you were, you're just great. I mean, a really great performance. Love your presence on stage. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yay! Compliments! Compliments are fun! Yay! Thank you. Peter's coming in. That one doesn't work, but this one does. Um, I just loved the, like, consistency of the horn. Like, yeah. mm, like thank like, you. Just, like, you hit the horn, like, at the exact same, like, time and sound each time. I thought that just made it, like, funnier and funnier. And then, like, the alternative horns, like... I just love the entire horn bit in particular. Thank you. Appreciate it. All about horns. Hey, everybody, put your hands together. It's Pete Palmer! Again, go look on the internets for Batter Up and go check out that show on Thursdays at 7.30 in the marina at the cool ballpark. Your next comedian. Oh, it's you. Oh, yeah. Your next comedian, he's a lover and a fighter. He's not a fighter. He's a bouncer. He's my gay mafia. Put your hands together for Brady Pearson! Hi, everyone. How y'all doing? I mean, really, how y'all doing? I can't. I just can't this week, you know? I've just been having all my weird fantasies. and um... <laughs> So today, I was thinking... Um, what would it be like if I wrote a song? Well, we wrote a song, so I'm going to share it with you. This is just something I... Okay. 
Out in the street there is COVID. Lots of tests to be done. No place to go get the testing. We all wait out in the sun. Good God, we're gonna lock down to COVID Avenue. Cases getting higher. Oh, we're gonna lock down to COVID Avenue. Cases getting higher. <laughs> Working so hard on the front line. Can't get no PPE. Out on the lines, they are warriors. Can't, wait, please don't kill them now. Wait, good God, we're gonna rock on to COVID Avenue. Cases getting higher. Oh, we're gonna lock down to COVID Avenue. Cases getting higher. That's all I got so far. I like to sing sometimes. Um, you know, it's been weird being this beautiful queer man you see before you. I know it's hard to believe. You think he's so secure, he's got it all. And I do, but um, that's just for me, not you guys. And so I have this fantasy, you know, um, what would it be like if I, uh, if I had a job? <laughs> It'd be awesome, you know. And, um, in my fantasy, I'm this guy named Harv, and I'm a marketing executive. And I've come up with a brand new set of fragrances to soothe the American condition. The first one is called White Woman. <laughs> and you have to say it just like that. The tagline is, always in front. <laughs> We're going to have pictures of her in the front of the Starbucks. Um, and discussing fastidiously with the manager of Costco. The next one is for Ian. It's for the men in the room. It's called Entitled. It's how you feel. And the final fragrance, which is just the best, it's going to be made from repurposed denim of internment camp prisoners and homeless people. And it's called Unwashed for the rest of us with a slight scent of pepper spray. Um, yeah, it's just been like, um, been a rough week, so I go back into my little crazy fantasy mind, you know, of what it was like to be 16. Because I haven't had sex, probably feels like, since I was 16. <laughs> and um, I dream of this little camp, this queer camp that I wanted to go to, that I go to, and it's um, a boys' camp where we get really close and we play with balls. <laughs> and we slide into home over <laughs> and over. There's a lot of mud wrestling. And showers take a long time. <laughs> and um, every night we would gather in the mess hall, fresh from a day of sun. And we would gather and we would sing the camp, put it in me theme song. <laughs> in beautiful Lake, put it in me, Michigan. It goes something like this. <laughs> oh, 
I love you, put it in me, put it in me every day. I love you, put it in me, put it in me all the way. On your shores, put it in me, I am yours. Put it in me, put it in me every day, every day. And those are my fantasies tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Brady Pearson! Yay! And then yay! Oh my gosh. COVID Avenue is brilliant. I'm going to rock on to COVID Avenue. You fucking, you're a genius. Okay, that's hilarious. And whatever you do with that is great. And then I really enjoyed all of your, you couched things really differently tonight in that you really worked on your transitions between things. And I enjoyed your transition into the job marketing thing from the, the all of your transitions were great. You did another one into the no six sex since you were 16. Like you're, you flowed really well between, jo I felt like you worked on your transitions this weekend and I saw them and I appreciated them. They were great. And um, and you're also your new tags about the shower takes a long time. So funny, so funny. Okay, that's all I have. Um, are there other comments? The only thing I would say in like a hard fashion is when you whisper. I had to have you up super hard on the mic, and I actually had to pull it back a little bit because of feedback. So it's just got to be when you're whispering, diction and your okay. slowness, your the temperature of it is perfect. It would just be, just concentrate on that diction. Okay. Comments back here, yes. Uh, I just uh, I just thought you did a really good job, and I, I just like the transitions between you like whispering and then going and like belting a song. I think that's really funny. So oh. I just like, the, the whole bit's coming together really well. Thank you. The levels. We like the levels. Thank you. I love the sliding into home line. I don't know why that one in particular just cracks me up so I, Is that the first time you've done that line? I think it's the second, but yeah, okay. I put it in. It might be the first time I've heard it, but sliding into home, 10 out of 10, love it. Thank you guys so much. Yay, Brady, yay! <laughs> and then back to Peter with the sliding into home. Remember that song, Diarrhea? Diarrhea, when you're sliding into first and you feel a something burst, diarrhea. But then that's that's baseball jokes, and then that goes into Pete, the other Pete territory. So, I mean, I don't even know. I remember that song from when I was little, the diarrhea song. Nobody else, just diarrhea. me? Yeah, diarrhea. But I think we switched the, um, the, the way it worked. Okay, anyway, it doesn't matter. It's an old song. Your next comedian, what a, a lovely young man he is. He's back every week. I'm excited to see what he brings to us this week. He's a tall drink of water. Put your hands together for Ian Langlands. Bag of shame, bag of shame. What's this lemon here for? Good question. <laughs> that's all, that's the whole bit, sorry. That's, I, I, I planted the lemon, that was my whole joke. Um, all right, I got some grandma jokes. Who wants to hear them? So, my grandmother, God rest her soul, uh, she had dementia. Diseases like that are very scary, hard to um, really fathom. 
uh, until you see it up close, you know? Um, but yeah, I remember a few months ago, I was hanging out with my grandmother, and um, she was not, she was a little not present. And we were watching Family Feud, that was her favorite show. And we're watching Family Feud, she, she likes to get in, she likes to clap because she thinks she's in the audience. It's really sad, but also really adorable. Um, she's clapping like she thinks she's in the audience, and then she turns to me and she goes, oh, when did he get here? And I'm like, what, Grandma? What, what? She goes, the man in the suit. And I was like, oh. So I had to uh, calmly tell my demented grandmother that Steve Harvey was not in the house with us. Um, she was not buying it, though. She kept being like, when did he get here? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm alone. Like, my mom's not in the room, and I have to just sit there and play this game with my dying grandmother. And then, you know, I, I eventually just caved and just convinced her that she was a contestant on Family Feud. So <laughs> I'm running through the questions. You know, she's answering. She's doing her thing. She's getting some. Uh, this goes on for about 15 minutes, and my mom walks in, and I'm asking my grandma during Fast Money, vegetables commonly found in a salad. And uh, um, she gets the answer wrong, so naturally I had to pull the plug on her. Because if, she's not, if she can't win Family Feud, then she's not going to survive dementia, let's be honest. I had to expedite the whole process. Uh, but the best part is, is that when, when we buried her, uh, we, <laughs> we don't even know uh, if, if it was the right casket. <laughs> we, <laughs> we're, uh, after, after we do the burial service, we're sitting around and we notice that we got the wrong name cards from the uh, uh, mortuary. And so we're like, oh. That's kind of funny. And then we're like, wait, was that the right casket? And we turned to my uncle. And he's like, I don't know. I never saw it. <laughs> so as far as we're concerned, some man named uh, Jerry McMillan is in the, gr in the grave with my grandfather right now. We don't know where grandma is at the moment. Um, <laughs> but my grandma, she always comes in, in my mind, in like the worst times. It's like she's like a vessel for my guilt. She's just like, I'll just be doing... The, like the most heinous act. I'll be at a party or something doing cocaine in the bathroom, having a good time, and then all of a sudden my brain's like, your grandma came to America knowing no English, and this is how you're living her American dream? <laughs> and I'm just sitting there. I pause a little bit, and then I go, nah, fuck it, and then I do another line. Call it a night. <laughs> uh, okay, that's all I got. Oh, no. that's it? Oh, Ian, you had a minute left. You only did a hot three. I, I only do hot three. That, well, that, that's my limit. He only does hot threes. Okay, I have so many things yeah. to say to you. Here's the one thing. That joke can completely work as long as you change it from Family Feud to Jeopardy. A, because Alex Trebek just died. So she's in the room and she sees the guy in the suit and it's Alex Trebek. But okay. he just died, so she could be seeing his ghost. Oh. Right? And, and then she I realize, loves oh. Jeopardy. You just change everything from Family Feud to Jeopardy. Yeah. Okay. And you make it Alex Trebek because she sees his ghost, right. which might or might not be real. And you'll get a laugh off of that. Okay. And then, and then you can do that same joke. And then you can the big punchline at the end can be, "Where is Grandma buried?" Because it's okay. a question, and because yeah. it's Jeopardy, oh. and everything oh. has to be in the form of a question. Right, right, right. So the right. the big punchline at the end of this joke that isn't the joke that you wrote, but I was thinking of it the whole time while you were doing your joke, is that it's a Jeopardy joke, and the big punch at the end is, "Where is Grandma buried?" Okay. You're welcome. That's good. Thank you. <laughs> ah! When you started it, I was like, oh my God. When you first said the guy in the suit, I was like, oh, he's going to say Alex Trebek. He's going to, because I thought you were being topical because he well, just died last week. This is a true, this is a true story. This is a true story. Yeah, but he just died last week. So I know. So you can blend the beauty uh, together because okay. you're a comic. Okay. Yes. <laughs>
Brady. Dude, your presentation has come light years. Thank you. Like light years. Thank you for thank you for going off book. Yeah, I'm that I'm working amazing. on it. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. That was really, hundred percent like great. Cool. Thank really thank you, thank you, Brady. Off book, off book. Three minutes, hot threes. Yeah. That's what you do. And if that's how you want to practice it with hot threes, that's fine. Thank you for using the space in the way that you want yeah. to use it. Peter has things to I'll say. I'll get there. Um, I was just thinking on the casket joke. Like, I love the idea that you got the wrong casket and yeah. that it's a guy instead of your grandmother. Yeah. Um, maybe like the the way you reveal that is like, yeah, we think we got the wrong casket. And I asked my uncle like. Did we get the right casket? He's like, yeah, like, and like the punchline is like, isn't like Grandma Jerry Wilkinson? Or yeah, okay, like, okay, okay. Like something like that, where like, mm -hmm. he, like the punchline is just that he thinks your grandma's some dude named Jerry. Okay, yeah. Yay, dead grandma jokes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and any other comments? Any any. Questions? Any questions you want to ask Ian of anybody? Um, uh, no, not nothing. Questions? Do your parents love you? Uh, they do actually. Yeah. Oh, that's so nice. Have they seen you do comedy yet? No, they, they can't. Are you let? Have you have you turned them on to the podcast? Are you hiding no, them from no, them? No, no, I, I can't. You're like, hiding them from them. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I am. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Really? I don't live with them, so it's like I could kind of get away with it. But, but you're over eighteen. You're over eighteen. It's not. You? It's not like that. It's just like I don't. They're gonna be like, let's let me go, and I'm like, you don't like want to see the things that I like say. Like if I said that, my mother would be like crying in the audience, Aww. like what I just said. You know. She's like, oh, I want to see. I'm like, mom, you like can't take that. I'm sorry. Not yet. Not well, yet. Yeah. Well, soon they'll have to at some point, won't they? I don't even let my. I don't like. I don't tell my friends. Like I just don't want. I just, You're I, just not ready yet. Once people are in the audience that I know, like it's gonna trip me out. No, but you know what? That's great. That means you'll never be a bringer. That's really important. Yeah, yeah, because I don't want to like start saying the jokes for the people I know, and then it's like I get mixed up of like what I think is like good, you know? Well, right, because people are gonna they're gonna like you so much because they like you that yeah. you don't know if their reactions are legitimate or not. I felt the same yeah. way when, when like uh, when I was with a. When I'm with boyfriends and they're like, everything you do is great, you're so funny, you're so amazing. Yeah. I'm like, your opinion stops having validity because yeah, I don't you're hear saying it because yeah. you love me now. Or even worse, they think I suck and then that's <laughs> like, oh. no, right. And then you get weird cognitive dissonance where you think you're great, but you really aren't. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah. Brady has some things to say. Yeah, just um, you can come out of the closet anytime you want. <laughs> oh! I'm getting there. I mean, I mean, we're used to it over on our side. We get this, but you know, you can't stay a closet anytime <laughs> Uh, I'll do it. I'll do it when I'm ready, Brady. I'll do it when I'm ready. Yes. It's a comedy parade. The comic pride parade. Comic pride, man. Comic. Comic fucking pride. Everybody, clap your hands together for Ian Langlands. Yay! Comedy pride. All right. Uh, all right. So your next comedian is not ready to have himself be live streamed and we 100% respect that so it, it's going to take a, a moment I'm going to play um, some aqua Q jokes and some other things in between so if you're in the listening podcast a sphere um, stay tuned we have more comedians coming uh, hopefully I think Mike Bombs is coming because I need a ride to Alameda for the open mic oh my god they're not hearing it um but we're going to just take a second, so um, hold fast, hold true. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to do it. I'm going to play this. I'm going to play some Aqua Q jokes, I promise you. 
awkward jokes. Here we go. I know a guy who knows a guy who knows Bob Sicamano. I'm working some of the times, but those times are in the past. I wanted to find the whole me, so I looked in the middle. Hey, that's my material man. What are you, materialistic? I saw a light on in the bathroom, but it was in somebody else's apartment. Man, binoculars are expensive. I wanted some mindless entertainment, but I paid too much attention. And now I am broke. I smoked weed that had no expiration date, and now I'm like this permanently. I got a comforter. It's more comfortable than me. Beer comes in cans and bottles, that's gross. I got a notification in the mail today. It said please check your mail. I sent a thank you card, but I haven't mailed it. I like to stretch rubber bands. I need the exercise. I have a moral compass app on my phone, but I need to keep recharging it. The only thing to fear is fear itself. Isn't that a double whammy? I'm already afraid. I tried to sleep, but I got tired. I abbreviated doing well to well, and now I can't stop thinking about it. I have a car, but it drives me crazy. I tried to deliver a joke, but they sent it back. Now I have to write it all over again. Diet Coke needs to improve their self-image. I bought something new yesterday, and today I returned it for false advertising. You have been a mild and peppered audience, you really have, I can hear you from here, Martha. Thanks and good night, this is Aqua Q. I'm Serena, Allison, Ava, Daniel, Fiona, Kate, Lee, Oliver, Samantha, Susan, Tom. And this is Radio 11. Radio 11. Radio 11. Radio 11. This is Aqua Q. Q was in a pickle. No. It was a real pickle. Bread and butter type, the kind that's delicious. And so his problem remained. He see a doctor. But who would see him during the middle of a day? Like today? or any other day, no less, or more, or more and more etc. The sun was shining across the planet, if only Superman were around too, no no that didn't work. The first time, Niagara and the cola etc and the drop and catch, or so I remember a gas station. Boom. I wonder if the bots have that, or are saving it for some copyright reason to never actually show it to the people when they want to see it again. Hum. He began to hum. The tune was like a bubble, of sorts. Yeah, that was it. Binary and trees, and matrices and well. More reason to sort numbers is like a reason to waste a bit of time now to save spending for later. And so that was the reason we gathered up the machines for the final push. The bots had been idle, been mostly idle that is. They thought they were doing work. At least. We thought they were doing work because they were taking up power and humming melodies to the tune of millions in the data centers. Yes the dark cold rooms where only admins went to plug and unplug machinery from boxes and palace, and so forth and on and off, with a gas that would asphyxiate a human against his will to work a full shift, or as an execute to jades in the whole deal with a soldering iron and a piece of loose metal. Hum. So the airwaves were alive in the center where Q found himself this afternoon. The cold and hot. 
rows were mostly working, besides B6 which seemed to be wired backwards. Clues were left for the others in terms of blinking lights against the backdrop of grated iron. Real time was aisle 5. That's where the magic was supposed to be happening, and by happening I mean. The crypto buses were wired in pairs, and one extra, and a huge molten gas thing tray of fiber ran out and up the wall and through concrete in a plastic tray, so as to not interrupt its light workings. Yellow. Blue. Orange. Well the DWDM gear was heavenly dark, as most expensive gear is, with but a single light to let you know the chips weren't overheating or anything. Blip. Blip. This went on for a while, tracing, and marveling at the job that had been rigged some 15 years prior. Oh. Was that 480 volts coming in? Nobody gets that anymore. I hope the transformer is hooked up solid. Coffee poured onto the floor from the next room. Millions of dollars in gear and a 25 coffee pot that was twice its mean time between failure age. It was sitting on a box, for some reason, and cups were messily dripping grounds into a trash that was never emptied. This was the admin's coffee. Wildest scene. And we wonder why the discs keep filling up. Moving them back and forth, and sharting. And copying. It was like NetApp went on holiday at its 30% marker gate. Or whatever that means. Ready for some dialogue, again, AQ? Networks in order? Or, out of order by refactor, as intended, right? I mean the job was to reorder the parts we didn't need so when we needed them we wouldn't need them, was that your plan? Or the several dozen people's plans after you rather? Oh yes. That's why. He didn't actually work there anymore. That figures why there were now 12 men running around in lab coats into the data center to reset the halon or whatever they use these days, and retract the soldering iron I left behind as a joke. It's no joke, Max was a mind reader. And his associate, Maxine. Yes, there was often confusion. Maxine was slim and Max was not. Maxine wore makeup, and Max was always making up for some job, or making his way out for lunch. Maxine. Her slender hand extended to Q's reach for a sandwich off the cardboard tray. Oh I wasn't hungry anyway. What I am doing here again. To test this. She pointed. You left it here five years ago. And it's still humming. Just like you, it seems. Yes. He was humming, and gleaming at the sight of Project K. It was kind of a wonder he remembered it in all detail. Retail, derailed Mastiff Jodger and ought that it was. It's been beeping at us since 12 a.m., I think you got the message, we left your pager on. Well, we hadn't gotten the page, per se, but you could hear that think five miles away, give or take. The eye signaling it was tied into all over the city. Blip. Blip. ZZZKT. Yeah that bit. You did get the page, right? I mean somebody did. We got a return txt, see you in eight hours. Why eight? The contract said four. Well, forget about the numbers, it's just a line item, you know, Q hadn't been paid for any of this, but was intrigued to see her holding up the access fob he'd buried in the wall before he left. It was dusty still and lit up when he went to grab it. The metal. Good job. It wouldn't work for us. We thought it might. Well that's fine, he grabbed it and stuffed it in his pocket, with a sandwich to not eat later. I thought you didn't like Max's sandwiches? No, it's not for him, that's why I took it Q laughed. Indeed. He'll be back in 47 minutes, if his burger adventure is on time. Are you? 
47. Yes. I'm on time. I'll need that wire, know the one you're wearing. And, he grabbed her Mickin recorder, and yes, that'll do for power. Be back in 12 minutes. Right save click, insert, bobblehead. Yes. It seemed to be working. Q was back in cabinet B6. The backwards one for a reason. So he could find it. Everything has to be so perfect, he mumbled. I mean I'm surprised. Well anyway. He jabbed the fob into the drive slot. After screwing around with the rails for a second and some more. Click. More. ZZZKZKZKT. Stop. Quiet. Of sorts. All the spindles locked, and power from the top to the middle of the cabinet was down. Left only with the bottom machine A1, running on one yuan. A dedicated strand of fiber from the tray. Oh zero. Here we were. Well. Here I was. So what have you been up to? He plugged in a screen and clicked a few buttons. Dash. Music on hold came piped through the center speakers. It was. Started with a B. Not that. One. This. And this. He pressed a few keys. And blam. Oh. Well after all that. Marvel. Was the prompt. It was one of a team, or rather the head end to the team. Login cryo. Pass. Gazing. Dollar. Oh cash money, and X windows began to swim into view, switching video modes like it was 1999. 1152 by 928? Wait. Okay here we go. Pop pop pop, dizzle. It was loading bitmaps and changing the color palette to match them easily. 256 colors it had, or 216, or whatever was grayed out. It became apparent to Q that this box had finished its job three years ago. Ever since then its ordive went a little nuts and started generating nudes of Terry Hatcher like in 3D stereoscopes and fractals, or some such nonsense. Wild. That must have been a Superman reference from before. He looked down at the fob, still plugged in, and its light had changed to red and began to warble. His arm was hot too, leftover chip and all, or so he imagined he remembered. There was no chip. Or was there? If there was it probably melted but... Oh. He raised his hand and the screen turned white. Wave wave. The screen flicked black and white to a cadence. Not Morse. Barcode maybe. Wave wave. Zero zero. Zero one? One zero. Zero zero one? Black. Well that's highly non-usable. Q outstretched his. And and the screen turned red and then black and then began drawing a wormhole wire mesh. Jesus. Okay tap tap, he typed in a few commands he remembered, and one that couldn't fail, or. So he joked to himself from five years, ago, dollar fail. All the boxes lit up again, and hard drives began to whir and spinning the fiber on each box lit. A little blue lead seed had custom installed with fans to make sure they worked when they were. Supposed to fail. Yep that failed in the right direction. He switched the screen to the network interface and watched all the interfaces come up and bond. Into three virtual interfaces, connected now worldwide fiber coming in from Europe, Asia, and the rest of the Americas. Oh Scotland joined this time. Crap. He mocked himself. There was a tap at the center door. Maxine was just popping in to see how you're popping on in. Reckoning? We're seeing data spikes on all ingress and power worldwide has hit past the 3% jump. You said wouldn't happen. Oh it's just for power up? No worries. 
He looked back. Fiber T87J5. That was just to throw Maxine off. Well did it? What? Throw me off, I'm still connected. She looked down at her device. We're all connected. Fantastic. Now what does it do? Oh. Don't tell me you're going to tell me, please don't you promised. You'll promise me anything. Nor the company. That's why we don't pay you, or rather we paid you to forget about it. At least that's what you told us when you left, yes? Yes. He turned back to the screen, watched some multilingual messages appear, then disappear, then reappear in a slightly better font, and the characters began to rewrite. All right, we're back. Hey. Greg had a great set. He doesn't want to admit he's not coming. We've had, we have two comedians that are not coming out of the closet yet of their comedian stuff. One brings their mom, one won't tell their mom. It's great. We're all here at the Joke Workshop on Mondays from 6 to 7. I'm like super sad because I don't have a ride to Alameda. That makes me real bummed. Uh, But I'm going to play another old Joke Workshop for you guys. And thanks for being here tonight. Thanks for supporting Mutiny Radio. You can always Venmo us, Mutiny Radio, all one word, lowercase. If you want to give us money, which is great. Also, there's a ton of new shows coming up. So this Wednesday, 1118 at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. It's dinner and a show at Asiento. Really great lineup this week with Gabby Pochia, Dro Ochoa, Jack Ferguson, and Nicole Tran. That's going to be great. Then on Friday... Here at Mutiny Radio, 7 o'clock, outdoor comedy on the street. Come on by, donation-based. Saturday at New Harmony Cafe on 20th and Mission. It's jitters and titters. Whoa, at 2 in the afternoon. Get yourself a coffee. Pour over. It's really good. They also have really delicious smoothies. Get two items. Watch a free comedy show in the afternoon. It's great. We've got an amazing lineup. And then on Sunday, if you're in the TL, you can go to Resolute Wine Bar on 678 Geary in between Jones and Leavenworth, 2.30. We're going to have a comedy show there. Mutiny Radio presents 2.30 in the afternoon. Please, please go to that. Thanks for joining us tonight. We'll be back very soon with more fun things. Bye. Why isn't it playing? CD1 should be playing. Oh, it is.
the oceans cool our planet and keep the deep levels cool, and while under pressure, while water does not pressurize itself, the weight of water as a surrounding mass, keeps a steady cold hand on the plate tectonics and likely is siphoned into the planet to further provide a vein for cooling. Hum. Importance of environmental conservation? It's our very nature to naturally provide as life what materials are required for ourselves and our likened kind, as well as a set of instructions to say, roadmaps as to our successes which can be replicated when cleaned and followed, thus reciprocating for the all who participate. Our short story involves a caterpillar and as well its mate and also the organisms which provide the returning nutrients to the soil and very plant which our caterpillar sits and eats atop and discovers his place in his lifetime amongst the lifetimes of others in likened kind. The importance should be and is obvious in all aspects, and noted by our divide of physics, chemistry, and all the sciences. And this bit is just the bits to remind you to get your figure and figuring together and to and gathered with the dosh to provide for yourself and our environment to displace its paper tie in exchange for your misuse of plastic for the furthering exchange of ideas, and that is the book, A Wizard's Pocket, now unavailable on a slightly alien point of non-existence until you chose and purchase a one or many of, and ignorance is not in fact bliss and only bliss as created will be discovered, and so to further these and ideas, carry on with carrying this book, on your shelves and in, in fact your pocket and pocket books even, a book inside a book, so proceed in any eventfulness, this is AquaQ of AquaQlabs.com with San Francisco's Pisces a peachy and lovely loverly C3W. An idea anodiode light electrics flow to a quarter of mutual closeness to an effect of joyous enlightenment, as a practice of happenstance, rapidly then dancing with the other lighted electrons in the rows and in singular yet combinatory fashioned creatures of levity, levity in fact to carry their others and thus encourage the initial to carry them in onward and carry on with activities to further carry the joyousness of the idea in any manner which is similar and liking to the electrons still at work, and in the body who nourish the brain stem heady to perform this feat of perhaps magic, only if you wish it to be, but more likely you wish others to celebrate themselves in their concert of efforts to provide your body these feats and carry them onward with and around you for their times of activities and preferences as well and well. Dot. Our mathematician has a large chalkboard in his office. He has half-solved maths on board, and is happy to fill them in with squiggles of known precepts, and that provides the solution he requires in his time in which his electrons wish it, and yet to be solved, needs those other precepts, which were likely his study of others, as he studies maths for the reasoning of studying, and so what else is there? He sits with his board to his front, perhaps chalk in hand, although likely he prefers a whiteboard. Or perhaps he doesn't like the smell of the pens, or perhaps his office is filled with the smell and the colors. He may keep a notebook to carry with him to the coffee shop, with a brown hat. Mathematicians like brown hats. And it's an old one. 
to indicate the term of maths in his mind and body, and perhaps because he can get to a shop which can adequately supply a new one to his liking, or perhaps he made a trip to a place for a souvenir, sought or delivered into his eyes, or he made a day of it in town with a specific shape in mind. This is how mathematicians think, and they do this because they work around an equals sign, and they fiddle around with both sides as they're unbalanced and to what degree they choose to work in a magical moment where nobody but their own brain can know what to write, and this is their excitement, and still they must hurry or keep it in their mind gates during that period to not waste strokes with the simpler cancellations, or perhaps they write them in any way, depending on if they believe they'll need two or three of a number to present a furthering of a symbol or subset equation. Dot. His name is Joe, or is it? It's like Ivan Liverjack but the slate says Evan, Riva, or his loud neighbor calls out to him, E. His shirt is classy and worn, perhaps a papery silk and not stained but crinkly. His office is quiet and the coffee is nearby but not abused. He uses it for when company arrives, and he has tiny cups, because that distinguishes him. Dot. His students are long in the way, but they still come to visit him and they have their own lives in the various utilization of maths, for the pursuits of their own joys. And they like his little cups. Dot. One particular visitor is Joy, and she comes with her art that is at a local art museum, and she brings to him her sketchbook to review, in that he enjoys watching the origins of work and often uses such times to distract and still encourage his brain, as his pen is at his side, and the equation half written on the backboard. Dot. The sketchbook is fashion, and the lines are straight and belled towards the bottom, as in a dress, semi-starched looking with an open front, and stark lines and lapels at the top. And the boots are black and shiny vinyl, and the top is white with a pleated shoulder. She draws a few hats as well, in the hands of the model, and her selection of colors, as a palette to work from. Dot. E flips through the book which is an acid-free sketchbook which flips from the top, and is slightly larger than photographic paper, and it's mostly filled, and so he spends some time as she begins to organize his desk a bit as she talks about the pieces. Just a bit, to clear away a plate of food and put the salt and pepper back near the coffee. She sees him taking pause at a particular section of the book, and she hesitates and looks gently back to eye what he's considering about it, in that brain which is designed to solve, and solvent is the design. Dot. It's swimwear. She pops around and looks. A yellow string bikini, which is squared off, and semi-triangular as well, and also pleated. Or so it would seem. That's how she holds it to her body. Evan was still considering kinesthetics and admired Joya's abilities to purvey an idea of her emotion to an emotion as emotive as, and her choices indicate the model drawn, choice to show how just and what a piece it was, at those angles and with those charcoal palettes. Joy enjoyed that he put his maths aside and altered his consciousness to be round people, and just always seemed to enjoy everything which was in front of him, and so she thought the maths must be good, and they were because she kept coming back every so a time she had something exciting to show, and when the orientation of her timelines and the people of and around her were likened to provide for her time away for her time, and etc. Dot. The corollary is correlated for a reasoning, don't you find? Was his comment in his usual math speak. 
I get stuck on that one sometimes, until I remember not to remember it, or perhaps I get flooded and then dry out and then that's when the spark occurs. Dot. The ideas as a continuation work for me as well. I mean the dress flows like the concept flows, and yes it starts with a flash, and how steady I can maintain my pencil while the image is still there, just to the side. And while not looking directly towards that screen on my brain, I can follow the lines and all the lines as a rough sketch and continue on to the point where it needs to split, and then carry on with it. To another page perhaps and I take a bit of enjoyment to switch the pencil and see also what is going on around me, and sip on my small cups too. And I work alone but with people always thinking around me. Dot. She was soaking up his brain. So that's why you visit me. Nice workings. And it works. Aesthetics are a unique maths that has been researched much in its artificial creation, and by creation, I mean just so he turned around and pointed often and around. Dot. You see, committing to an idea brings us to the levels of complexity we're willing to put into our ability to see the next desired line or material, as per not only physics, but the purity of the amount of change we wish in its speed. Dot. He pointed around some more. Dot. The edits are unnecessary, and as shown in an algorithm, or sets of them, really. He dipped down to the third row on his board. It doesn't matter to one or the other from its past or its origin, but at its direction spin and velocity towards its proposal, which is automatic and indicative as these processes meet in space-time. The dress, thus makes itself to the body and the mind conceptualizes the body towards a perfect dress, and so we have the tangent lines of material to skin, and how we wish to show or shield the body into what comfort that will provide the mind to see and bodies to enjoy. And making such a dress should be an art, as well, and left to that artist, or in our case, another algorithm trained in such matters, with the guidance of humans, or plants or animals if you die in their movements at their stages to provide for this dumb mathematician to write it down. Of course it won't work like that she stated smiling and plainly. Of course it won't, the interception of natural messaging in an algorithm to produce a spark of nature, for an eternity at least is quite impossible, but the maths always work. Lucky I got stuck into it because it would drive me mad to think my work was impossible he grinned. But that's the poor way to treat humanity, with a dusty paper which can never be implemented to a specification you desire. It's not specified, and as it turns out these are reticulating leaves and caterpillars on these bards today. See there's a little one there he gestured to the E on the sideline margin, drawn in just as he was talking, and he smiled at the board, smirked, and put the pen down. Then he looked up, and down at the board, stopped and sat back down and reopened the notebook. Joya was impressed by the caterpillar marking. It almost looked like one. And that is the point. He glided back over to the board and put a dot in its upper right. Oh. She looked at her watch. It was an analog, by choice that it be electric and not wound, and that it was also picked up as an item of pleasure at a time, she grinned, when she needed to watch out for things, and the shop was open and it was near the front and her eye fell on the first perfect form she found, and she tried to look at the others, but this one was perfect, and she had it wrapped in tissue paper, and a small box as if it were a gift, and she opened it towards the coffee stand in a wide open mall, and put it on as she sat and sipped.
and then she played with it for a while, to make it comfortable, and stretched the straps a bit, and hoped they would weather in time, and that the weather would remain for a time and time again to make it from place to place, and to date, that has been the occurrence, over and over, like, and well clockwork. She thought more to herself as Evan occupied himself with her sketches. She noted the word, formula, as in Dracula, and she wondered what a drac was, one who sucks, she supposed. But Eula, well you must have to say it like that no ha 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 ha, she chuckled out loud, and Evan looked up and then back down. There was a commotion outside and she hastened her ideas to a present of presentry, which although she didn't mind sticking around, she'd had her cup and as her usual gift, filled in a bit of the board with her presents, she felt, and she. Hey would you like to keep that for a bit? It's done. I mean the stuff is at the show already, and it's near end season for my work done. No, I'll walk you out if that's where you're heading. He said as he closed the book from the top and stood up with it. I wanted to pick up a periodical at the news at stand. It doesn't matter which one yet, but that it be current and something I can keep for a bit. Oh good she took the booklet towards her as he offered, and they turned and she grabbed her purse and they went side through the office door and down to the front and out two steps in a curvy sidewalk for a bit and chattered about her show that evening and who she had got to wear her materials, and who was there from last year, and she showed off her socks at one point during a brief in the walk, as she liked them and she was talking about and towards other artists she liked. They walked, and to the news at stand, where it began to rain a bit, as junctions and changes in activity often, for Evan, lead to a change in the weather. And you don't want to get those socks wet, would you like one? He motioned to the newsman and an umbrella, as she looked at him from the side and considered it. Nah, too much to carry and it would have to be the perfect umbrella, and anyway I like the rain today, or so I think. The perfect umbrella doesn't exist here. I agree, he scowl smiled at the newstaker and got a nod down in a turn while Evan and Joya said their goodbyes for now. She backed him on the cheek. That's for the offer she smiled and bobbed away down the street, and he saw her hail a yellow taxi just as before the mainstay of rain was to drop and she got in and tucked her dress into the door and drove off. The sky in evidence agreed with her watch on this one too, and he didn't look up just a bit, but not past the horizon, and he eyeballed a bit to the left as he scratched that corner of his brain for his next activity, popping the periodical, a popular science magazine, and under his arm and on further, under some awnings and around and back a bit to his flat to rest, and then a light supper. Dot. Leaving our characters to their own now, is their choice in levity and brevity for them to offer me mine and yours as well, and as they carry on in their vectors and vectrosities, we carry ourselves forward in our duties to disseminate the punch-out punch-tape punch-out, knock-out glue-eons for you to glue your bluey bits towards up and about, and at a time, we hope this broadcast will liken you to do similarly, as Evan and Joya, although I'd like it if she were Abra, and maybe she is now. It's that kind of show tonight, hers with all the pieces on the table of pizzeria to jiggle and jaggle saw puzzle pie saw style to the gloom water frotter bay, by the side and up and under about and etc. This is love proceeding by Aqua QC3W. Now we find Aria, one of the few of Blistatrist in her furthering avenues for our very lovable audience, you, and now here comes, the bistro.
friction dew drops by the mist connections on a bus which rides a ghost stop to the ocean, bleached. Arya's shell gripped her ear canal as in a call from the salt. Minds of times blissed out summers when good times were having, a go. Feet in sand, from sandals, less for the wear of tiny ageless boulders worn down from the slush of wrecked waves on shored up lunatics. Arya began to think to herself, for herself, and to the future and, as she said, all the things. She was held up by grace, on these white sands. She sat with that one thought for quite a while. Hours perhaps. She walked from one edge of the rock to another, along a slight peninsula, leaving a zigzag of toe prints up and down the beach, avoiding the odd bits of glass or trash that was the reality of any shared space these days. With grace. This was all she required. While she wanted to whiz-bang through the towns and drop in on celebrities' parties and be a star and get in the movies. Well, she still wanted these things, but she had them, in her mind. And with the mind she shared. What would she call it? Cosmolot I think, she thought to herself. The Cosmolot was a place she could create, muse, share, and have sharing bestowed upon her at a speed which was constant and comfortable, and not too dewy, as in decimal. Decimated, but flowy, with only some pause, to draw in the light, not too bright. Maybe at night, a quiet orange, or glowy aqua blue. She thought of aqua. Where did Q get to at these times of the day? Questions, she thought to herself, not pressing. It was pressing that the flow not drop, not be stampled, or that at least she could get back when she needed a passcode. She needed a passcode for her brain. A hashtag of jubilee, as desired, when required, when requited and for the Julius Caesar orange beverage, which is frothy and weighs for only $2.99. Makes sense. Sip. Well. This was grand. As in buttermilk biscuits, she thought this was random but it surely wasn't. She found herself on Grand Street, at a breakfast joint her and Q used to frequent. It hadn't changed, besides new brightly colored chalk on the menu upright outside, with the specials. Q always had the biscuits because he said they reminded him of Dad. Arya always chose something different and light, and this time, she saw just the thing. A slice of quiche and an espresso. A waiter in white came up to her as she sat down at the green iron table and chairs, gently pulling up the local paper to catch the bead of news and plan her day, with perhaps something to do in town. She sipped the espresso when it came, and heard a slight scuffle to her rear. She looked around. Funny. A slightly begotten Q was patting down the dirt from his bent leg making the English F.U. signal to a passing car that had run through some dry dirt with a loud stereo. He hadn't noticed her yet, and she pulled up the paper and peered around it to see him. Coming at the coffee shop. Hosestly, he turned around, back to the shop, yes, you do need an eduation. In Manra. He scowled at the purple metallic boxy looking truck that was on its way away. He turned back. Oh the best is looking at the front page of the paper, and hi Arya. She ruffled the paper down and brightly glared at him, how did you know? 
I got you those sandals, remember? Oh yes. Well welcome to town, I just got here, would you like your usual? You're welcome to join me, I was just... Beached, yes. I followed you. I was thinking the same thing on the beach and thought I'd also get a spot of breakfast. What was it, Cosmolot? Why yes. Arya had to quite remember they went to the same telepath training class in Geneva, oh must have been. 20 years ago today, Bastille. He said. Why yes, exactly that. And we promised to meet up at 20, from the time at the class, and we did a lab exercise to program this date, and date, into our subconscious, don't you remember? Of course, I don't, we programmed ourselves to forget about it, but you know I was ever the clever student and worked my way around it. Oh did you? And that's an orange in your purse. Wasn't it supposed to be a grapefruit? An orange is more practical, and besides, you were supposed to be carrying a lily. Yes it was given to me on that side street just now. It appears we're in the right place with the right people. Classy, Arya blunted. That means we're all here. Yes. Now let's just make that phone call we're supposed to make. After breakfast of course, I do believe biscuits between trinkets, is in the dictionary. Yes, and we need to change anyway. And change, he said. That want still takes times. We can check the check and bounce. Over to Holly's place for the introductions, the gear has already been shipped, so... We shouldn't have any issues with imports. With a perky grin, with past coming to present, and her quiche arriving hot and steaming, she cheers Q with her fork, bottoms up. Absolutely, and we'll narrate this next bit for you after a quick radio spot. Oh yes. The radio. Thank you Aqua. We almost forgot. Radio 11 is your brief stop betwixt treasures and leisures on your left and right dialed sandals here on Mutiny Radio and is brought to you from the labs of AquaQ. That is AquaQLabs.com and also connected via atmospheric intelligence in Spotify, iTunes, and anywhere RSS is handed down from demons to software hard devices in your pocket. The podcast is free, as well as this hour of Radio 11. But do consider a donation to Mutiny in the form of a Venmo payment to at Mutiny Radio. And here is the final segment for today's episode, Logistics. An open letter to Amazon Logistics. To provide for a return to Earth mentality and reasonings for all to participate in our ecology of our being, the planet desires a means to return this greatest asset. Amazon.com for the benefit in every transaction. Take our package. It was selected, brought from and towards a locale, packaged and delivered, perhaps returned, but what's left? And what began and continues? Imagine our buyer never made the purchase, and was actually encouraged to do so, with many reasonings governing the website, to the filters of their broadest choosing, such as, is the seller carbon neutral and how? How do they account for their use of the environment, and in actuality, 
which local processes are they active to recontribute to the ecosystem utilized for them to sell, that is what do they damage and how do they repair it. Once the many reasons not to buy something are selected, this begins the means for any and all to see what will work in an eco flowchart for their markets, with the markets to be groups as well for political filters from other potential markets. Providing data to sellers as well, can assist them in the many ways to be carbon negative, eco positive, by providing a rich integrated data set and access to materials which perhaps are the result of think tank researchers, who also actively participate with the feedback of a logistics network. The Amazon as we know it, would then be broken into portions, including a utility portion, as well as arms of education and other non-profits, and philanthropic arms to further the mission statement as to follow an end to end eco-benefit towards the planet, the community's well-beings in this regard, and in fact all manufacturing, transport, consumption and reproduction. Yes that's right, we will now consider Amazon entities as able to reproduce as in the mechanisms to produce systems which have a positive impact on and about the planet and the people and materials and anything natural for the locality and lifetime of its repeatable processes, as adaptable. This literally means that two arms of two people, who move something to the benefit of said process, are considered within this entity and therefore part of child whose lifetime is to ensure the joyous participation of the participants, and more. Eddie stuff. And without getting into wearables on that one, I'll proceed to finalize a statement. Dot. Amazon's size and breadth and obvious profitability has ensured from the start that belief creates possibility and further evident truth, and vice versa, truth exists to be believed, and that is our cycle, wherein belief and truth are matched in a benefit of relationship. Amazon's name was chosen for the essential neutrality of the rainforests whose diverse quirky creatures are so bizarre that they account for the restoration of our entire planet, and oftentimes and in a so large leafy environment, that its concentration of planetary cooperation in a matched, as in the heady rains and continuation in earnest and wildly non-idle entities. Its continuation toward the continuity of kinship with this planetary marvel is to be carried by carrying others in pursuits of the willingness of our very beings to continue a superb non-superfluous existence of creation, sharing, discovery, and all variable dreams and cognitive abilities without bound, for the times allotted to its equal return within a loop for the equations of nature to work in the next moments, and forward in days, and timelines as discovered through these actions and that the images of ourselves is very much what we truly aspire, when we make any purchase, or indeed produce from earthly materials, and so put these accounts in place, we can and must utilize our bioavailability for the continued belief and delivery to be, so. The above has not been edited, as noted in streams of consciousness from the in and about isle off the west coast of imagery and softened lines of reasoning for the seasoning of a continuation of seasons, and, we know all of this, and perhaps the weatherman will glean a little more insight as to why things happen, and be able to unbuy the rain, as to say, place it as needed. Peace plus love Aqua Q. And so Aqua Q finds you now at closure from episode 1, a one of Radio 11 broadcasting better as the leisurely stories of Q and Aria, here at mutinyradio.fm.
And do find Miranda to Embedded in next week episodes again next Monday at 5pm and as well the continuity continues in forward behaviorness and backwards compatible maturity at aquaqlabs.com. This is Radio 11.
Goldman. What a beautiful theme song to Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. Glad to be here. Glad to, Glad to be here. We have a special guest. We have Paul and Mrs. Christine from the podcast show prior to us on the Edge of Insanity. Uh, please give it up for Paul Brumbaugh and uh, uh, Mrs. Christine. Good to see you guys. Yay! Woohoo! Glad to be here. Yay! Very well, excited. Well, we're excited. Yeah, well, we can't celebrate sure, the summer sure. without watching a movie uh, together. And uh, that's the premise of our show. We're best known as L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That is our acronym. You can find our podcast by that in those initials. You can find us on Twitter and YouTube with those initials. And you can find us on Facebook as Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube. You can hear us first prior to the podcast drop uh, every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm. We stream first there, and prior to our show is Paul Brumbaugh's show. Paul, do you want to give a description of your show? Absolutely. People ask me all the time, what is my format? There is no format. Um, but one thing that, that is a staple is every week we do talk to Patrick Carlin, which yeah. you guys are uh, – he's infamous with you two. So uh, Patrick Carlin's there every 420 for the 420 shout-out. We do news. We uh, do comedy, music, and much, much more. So definitely check out The Edge of Insanity from 12 to 2 on Mutiny Radio. Sounds great. So you can make it an afternoon or listen to streaming shows on mutinyradio.fm. They're our only sponsor. Where we suggest go to Venmo and donate money to at Mutiny Radio. And meanwhile, we want to watch a full-length movie on YouTube. Carl, what's the movie today? Today we're watching Burglar, 1987. <gasps> Burglar. That's what you put in the engine. Yes, Whoopi Goldberg. Right. Gotcha. How many E's are in Burglar? <laughs> Just the one. <laughs> Just we the like one. Okay. Um, you know the channel Full Screen Movies Collection. That's for us. Ooh. Yeah, classy. Okay, so go ahead and find the link. It's called Whoopi Goldberg Burglar Comedy Crime Full Movie 180p. Uh, click the link, hit pause, move the little marker to 000. We have none other than the Countdown King himself. Yes, the maestro descending numerals to do our countdown. It's your Sunday afternoon. Let's get ready to Brumbaugh. Will you please give us the honor, Paul Brumbaugh. Hey, guys. Thank you. I appreciate it. And it's Burglar. It's Berg Lar. I'm sure you uh, pronounce it correctly. Here we go. You guys know the drill. Let's do this in true quarantine style. Make sure you've washed your hand before you touch your device. And let's do this yeah. thing. Put the hand over the triangle and do it in three, two, one, go. Oh, I'm excited. Oh, wow. This is a little hard. On... Salvador Dolly. Wow. No, wait. Hold on. Warner Brothers. <laughs> it's the heat wave in Burbank. It's a lot. The, the oh, Warner Brothers sure. block is really hot. This is Time Warner, uh, AOL hey. Time Warner. So this week. Oh, hey, Alcatraz. 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 Look at that Alcatraz fog. In the old Bay Bridge. Old Bay Bridge. The old gay Pre bridge. Pre-earthquake. Oh, Pre-earthquake. Yeah, this movie is totally 87. Yeah. Two years before the big one. So we'll see a lot of things that are not now in the city. Uh like various, I don't know, mouse traps and. Well, there's right no now we got. 
They're still there. Yeah, they don't they, 30 years later, they look fucking the same. <laughs> All the assholes are still coming out. We're in Marin County. Clearly. Fancy. Who's your favorite character, right? Is Johnny Love Chauncey? You're a big Aaron Marin County fan? <laughs> I loved Aaron Marin County. Shock Watts, man. You shock Watts. You know, it's a good movie when he starts off with the star's ass. <laughs> scratching her ass. Yeah, she's scratching her ass for a shot. Ooh, the Marin horses. That's the horse train. Bobcat's one of Bobcat's best movies ever, by the way. He is better than Hot Trot. absolutely. Oh, I like Hot Trot oh, too. Cool. That's an awesome movie. Yeah, it is an awesome movie. Oh, and G.W. Bailey. It wasn't Bailey, G.W. Bailey in uh, Police Academy movies. Yeah, but yeah. he's also in a current show that Christine watches all the time. Uh, what's the name of the show? The Closer. The Closer. Oh. Detective Lieutenant Louis Provenza. Yeah. Louis Provenza. 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 I don't think I've ever seen that show. Does she have a tattoo of a tear in her eye? Yeah, she is an ex-con in this film, and that lets us know that. So she killed a man, oh, right? Isn't all that John Goodman. John Goodman. Nothing like an 80s film with 80s Goodman. He was so good in, in Revenge of the Nerds. Isn't Anne DeSalvo the one from uh, SCTV? No. No, you'll you'll know her from um, she was the prostitute in Arthur. Right. Okay. You'll know her face. Arthur Spiegelman's totally, life. That prostitute. I totally thought she was the. Totally thought she was the lady from uh, SCTV. Andrea Martin, maybe. Andrea Martin County. <laughs> Inside that box is a button. Just act like the maid. for the box. Just puts it in her bag. So you like this song, right? Reach for the... Raise up your head and reach for your dreams. Burglar. <laughs> it's a totally 80s song. And, like... Sometimes songs you used to like and then they don't hold up. But I got to tell you, I was there in the 80s and I hated this kind of music. It's a dime a dozen. You can't see like uh, making a movie without an inspirational theme song. But I mean, it had that like, I'm young drum machine, right? And and those terrible synthesizers. Okay. Reminds me of Beverly Hills Cop Right. Yeah, like Harold Schultemeyer or something. Oh, come on. So they've got Sheena E and the E Street Band in there for a couple of... What was Sheena E's group? Miami Sound Machine, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, she's going now, Whoopi has been casing this joint out for two weeks, okay? And she knows this guy's routine. He goes jogging, and it lasts 20 minutes. But for some reason, today he decides... Something feels wrong, and he turns around and starts heading home. He has a sixth sense. You know that paper towel roll, if you stick it in front of your eyes, it makes it look like a periscope. Yep. You only see one. 
Yeah. Here, Pretty like, crafty. Tunnel vision. <laughs> it's so many things you can do with a used paper towel. I just wouldn't throw it in the garbage just yet. You can make a periscope. Well, you would need break two of it. them, Mike. Two of them to make a periscope. Oh, right. To make a break. <laughs> I'm just making a scope. There's their letters. Telescope. Telescope. She's checking the time. She knows everything's cool. But we can see over her shoulder the guy's going to be returning early. Right. Damn fucking ruin. She's having a smoke too. Well, she's she's got the gloves on, so they'll never trace the the uh Ooh, the S diamond. Oh, he deserves a smoke after all that shit. Now this is what she's going for. It's a very rare valuable stick. And there he is. Ooh. Yeah, you can see in the background. Wow, it's Elvis's lunch now. That looks like young Elvis. Old Elvis. I'm sorry. So this looks like a game in the house. Somebody is smoking a cigarette. Look at how. Yeah, right. You would notice that now. Not that someone broke in and someone broke in and lit up a cigarette. Totally not that. not And he notices his watch is gone, his money is gone. Something's wrong. He doesn't notice. He doesn't, doesn't smell anything. Yet. He doesn't notice the watch yet. He just kind of smells something and senses something's weird. Where my and, watch? And he, now, now the watch is gone. Now he knows fucking something's going on. Excuse my language, kids at home. Watchkeeper. Now this isn't planned. Oh, here comes his personal driver. Is he totally doing no, like what you do when the police come and you're smoking a joint? You got to put out your cigarette when the mover shows up. I love it because they don't acting. even notice that she has two doesn't even notice that they don't notice that she has two teardrops like she's been in jail for killing two people. I know, right. that's the craziest thing. Just an old lady with two prison uh, pads. I thought that they were black teardrops, but it was just um, her skin tone. Oh, really? Okay. Thank you for the clarification. That's why we go to Carl. Carl, let's go to the booth and see what Carl says. Yeah, check it out on the Prejudice Coast. Yeah, the Prejudice Coast. Yeah, man. This coast doesn't improve. Yeah, the funny thing Even is he's wearing, a fila, uh, he's wearing a fila uh, jogging suit. He's all fitted up. She has escaped. So she's escaped, and now we meet Carl. Coincidentally named Carl, and that is uh, of Crazy course animal. our favorite comedian, and he is a dog groomer. And he watches vintage uh, game shows. Now are they back in San Francisco? Yeah. 
and it's her, her it's her best friend um Carl Carl Heffler's Aww. Yeah, some Thank of the Carl. funniest exchanges in this movie. Yeah. Okay, now this well, really this doesn't movie... make sense yeah. to me. She's an ex-con, but she's also the owner of a small business. She sells books. Hate Street this books. This looks like Anna Kendrick. Uh, whoever... It looks like the anarchist uh bookstore, the one that's on Hate Street. Uh, or the record store. There's that? a record store that was in there. Yeah, there's the the sorry, the the police academy guy. It's hate street right. books and I hate street books. <laughs> you remember hate street records. You love street records. Well, they definitely have to be up off the street. This is a record store. I don't know. Obviously, I don't know if it's still around, but uh, right before Hayden Ashbury. You can see the mini buses behind it, too. They looked like sardines back then. Oh, she sells keys, too. They sell everything. Yeah, I don't understand that. Okay, now, she's locking up the door, and she's putting clothes sign up. And the guy who's buying books doesn't understand what's going on. Right. So now she takes his one paperback, rings it up, and it comes to $64. And he's like, what? That's a lot back then. There you go, it's four dollars. But I just wanted uh, how to influence, uh, how to win and influence people, win win people and influence friends. Now she's just really curious about what's in his bag. Exactly right. Come on, tell me what's in your bag. Your keys. They're a bunch of locks. I don't think you'd be interested. It's his lunch from his home. Oh, you're shoplifting this book too? That'll be $84. <laughs> Whoa! Uh, not, not good to have a gun in a bookstore. That's not fair. Three against one. Smith, Wesson, and Whoopi. <laughs> now look, remember she locked the door? Suddenly it's unlocked? No, she didn't unlock it. She she, she changed the sign. She locked it too? Yeah, the internet thought that that was a continuity gap. He goes, she goes, oh, yeah, hey man, weren't you in that... Uh, Police Academy movie. <laughs> With Bobcat. Bobcat was in two, three, and four. Two probably is the best. Oh, these books. Look at that corduroy jacket. Okay, so what we find out now is this guy is an ex-cop, and he's got something on Whoopi that could send her back to jail. So he told her about the rare stamp, Okay, and she went and stole it, 
she she's supposed to sell it and give him twenty thousand dollars. She's he's putting the squeeze on her. Wow, this movie hasn't even started yet, and this guy's already. No, he was in Mannequin, right? He was like, in he's, Mannequin. He's in another... <clears throat> yeah, he, it's not just Police Academy. No, no, he, he got was also a regular on MASH. Oh, that's right. right. Was he Rizzo or something? Rock. Yeah, he was Luther something Rizzo was. on MASH from 79 to 83. Ah, Rizzo, I was right. That's right. Oh, my God. That's basically the full span of the show. Now Whoopi's having hardship because she just can't sell her stamp. Too hot. Marin's police are coming in. Now, where I know G.W. Bailey first, I mean, I'm not a fan of the Police Academy movies like you are. I first bumped into him in Rustler's Rap City. Oh, my God. What a film. And that's that was a, two years earlier. Tom yeah. Tom. Yeah. Right, what's Tom his name? Tom, Tom. What's his name? Behringer. Behringer. Yeah, who was also in Platoon. I love that guy. What's the one? Uh, Hide Place Society, or no? Uh, what's the one with him and Sidney Poitier? Time to Kill, uh, or no? Yeah, that was uh, Raps, Raps, Rap City in the Sun. Huh. I know him from Minor That's League. That's another one. That's not the same one. Oh, yeah, Minor League. Yeah, Tom Berenger. This is back when we all wore watches. Now, the the guy who she can't sell the stamp to, like, felt her pain. And so she gave, he gave her the inside scoop on a job for a dentist. And he's, she's going to check it out right now. Huh. She's not running off a, a dental clean on, on, the, on the production bill, is she? I think my character needs to get her teeth cleaned. Yeah. Whoopi, don't pull that shit on us. And then uh, maybe go to the optometrist, get an eye check. Oh, this is back when you could smoke in the dentist's office. That's right. <laughs> Ma'am, can you put your cigarette down? I'm trying to... Okay, now, this is a stereotype about dentists who get fresh with their patients, and we're going to see him, like, rub his crotch on her hand. It was a coincidence. It just happened. Uh, nah. There. Oh. <laughs> Rub it in. Oh, what a coincidence. Little love rubs. Well. Up oh, here yeah, she is, wonderful. Susan Sarandon. What? That's like, Susan. No, that's not Susan That's like, dude, what are you talking nope. about? Susan Sheldrake. That's what's her face. Wow, Susan Sarandon. Uh, that's not Susan Sarandon. I loved her in Witness. She was great, Susan Sarandon. Yeah. 
Okay, so now Susan Sarandon's noticing she's got a cavity. Uh-oh. So, so you did hear it. That's no way that's Susan Sarandon, right? Sure. She has had a great career, Susan. She said it burglar. You're, <laughs> You're 